You know, this morning I titled my message, Strong Leadership. And it is so important that we have strong leadership within the church, within the family, within the community, that we have good, strong leadership. I struggled for quite a while figuring out what to title this message, you know, because uh, there's parts in there about the consequences of disobedience. So, you know, I was going there, but uh, we're going to read from Joshua. We're going to the Old Testament this morning. Since we've gotten out of Corinthians, we're going back to the Old Testament. Going to look at Joshua, who was a very strong leader. What an ma- amazing example of leadership that Joshua was. And we could follow in those steps and be a strong leader. I'm going to read from Joshua chapter 23, verses 1 through 13. And this is actually Joshua's farewell message. Hear the word of the Lord. Now it came to pass, a long time after the Lord had given rest to, to Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua was old, advanced in age. I would call that well advanced in years. Uh, surely last when I say that. Well advanced in years. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all the nations because of you. He didn't take any credit. He said, you have seen, you have witnessed with your eyes all that the Lord your God has done to all the nations because of you. That's how much God loved Israel. Because of you. For the Lord your God is He who fought for you. See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain, to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan, with all the nations that that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you you shall possess the land as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, whenever there's a therefore there, there's a stipulation. It says the Lord will expel them from before you. He'll drive them out before you. You shall possess the land. But therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. And lest you go among, the, among these nations, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods. I like that. Don't even mention the name of these false gods. Don't even mention. Don't even give them that much credit. Don't even mention the name of their gods. Nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them nor bow down to them. But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God. As you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is He who fights for you, as He promised you. Think of that. One man will drive away a thousand of the enemies, a thousand of the Canaanites. So two men will drive away two thousand. Ten men will drive away ten thousand men. 100 would drive away 100,000 men. You put 1,000 Israelites out there, how many are they going to drive away? Do the quick math. A million. 1,000 of them would drive away a million of the Canaanites. That's the army I want to be on. 
the one that's got God on their side. Amen? That's how powerful and awesome our God is. I think the Gideon, whenever Gideon was going to go into battle and he had, I think, 30,000, God said, take them down there or tell them any of them's afraid, let, let them go. So they left and I think they wound up with only 300 men. Because God's going to fight the battle, not the men. Not us, He does it. Verse 11, Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Or else, if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, and make marriage with them and go into them, and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap to you, and scourges on your side and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given to you. Amen. And may God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His holy word. Let us pray. Gracious and great Heavenly Father, we praise You and we magnify You. Father, we thank You that there is nothing that is impossible for You and that You are a strong and mighty God. And Father, we thank You that we can rely on You and trust that you will watch out for us, that you will protect us, that you will provide the land for us, that you will provide all that we need. And Lord God, you ask for obedience. You ask for faithfulness. You ask for trust. And Father, may we trust you with all of our lives, with everything that we are. May we trust you. May your spirit be in this place today. And Lord, just, just speak to our hearts and help us to receive what you have for us, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I think it's interesting as we study the Bible, we see so many different types of people. So many different types of people that God works through. Many men and women that we consider heroes of the faith, they are far from perfect. Right? No, God has worked through those that are murderers. He's worked through those that were emotionally unstable. Some suffered with depression. God worked through the sexually promiscuous people. He worked with people that struggled with anger, struggled with patience. He has worked through those that broke their law. But for me, this is just proof that God works through imperfect people. So there is hope for us because He works through imperfect people. But you know, there are a few, when you search out the Scripture, that seem to have an impeccable record of faith. I think of Daniel. From the, everything you read about Daniel, all I see is faithfulness. Faithfulness to trust God. Faithfulness to walk in His ways. When he and his three friends were first carried into captivity, he said to the, to the master, please let us eat vegetables and just try us for ten days. He didn't get arrogant and say, oh, we're not going to do that. He says, just test us in 10 days and see if we are not fairer than the other men. Faithfulness to follow God. Whenever the decree went out to not pray, Daniel said, I will trust. I will be faithful to God. He prayed. It got him cast into the lion's den, but the Lord closed their mouths. I think of Daniel's three friends. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's not a whole lot in the Scripture about them, but it definitely speaks of their faithfulness. 
They were so faithful to God. There's nothing in the Scripture to say that they was unfaithful. But then we look at today's passage in Joshua. His farewell address. What an amazing man of faith. What an amazing man of courage. And one whose record again appears to be without blemish. I have not found anything where Joshua disobeyed God. Where he was angry, where he was unfaithful, I cannot find it in the Scripture. All I find is faithfulness concerning Joshua and a faithful and trusted leader for God. Obviously, Joshua was not perfect because it was not he who died upon the cross. So he had a flaw, but I don't know what it was. He was not perfect. You know, I've heard state, the statement before, and some of you have probably heard it also, that such and such was born to be a leader. Born leaders. Some people truly, at a very early age in their life, seem to possess the traits of a natural born leader. And you can often watch children and see one that stands out and kind of takes charge and is a natural leader. It is true. Well, I believe Joshua fit that mold. He was seemed probably born to be a leader because he was a great leader. The very first mention of Joshua in the Scriptures have him in a leadership position. In Exodus chapter 17, verses 9, 9 and 10. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men, choose some of our men, and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua fought the Amalekites and Moses as Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron of Hur went to the top of the hill. So his very first mention of Joshua, he is the leader that's going to take the men and fight the Amalekites. So that is a leadership role, the very first mention of him. He was the leader of the Israelite army. He was among the twelve spies that were sent in to spy out the land of Canaan. They were sent in to see what the fruit of the land was like, what the people was like, what the land itself was like. What were the houses? Could you imagine? Think about this. We, we know that you know, God delivered the, or drove out the Canaanites and the Israelites went in. Could you imagine going into a land, a country or whatever, they already had the crops planted. I mean, I'm just saying, you could go into an area, they already had the crops planted, the houses were built, God drove the people out. They could go in and say, well, okay, which house do you want? Well, let's flip coin for that one. You take that one, I'll take this one. Well, the, the garden's already ready to produce. So they could go in to the land, they pick out their house, pick out, go pick the, the harvest from the crops, pick the grapes, they may have even had their, their oxen and their livestock. I don't know. But God drove the Canaanites out, gave them that land. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Houses already provided. Many years before Joshua's farewell address, more than 40 years as a matter of fact, we know that God's people their forefathers, had disobeyed God. They were right there on the edge of the promised land. And God sent them in to spy out that land to see what kind of land it was going to be. As I already said, they were to seek it out. But they chose leaders from each tribe, 12 leaders. They were courageous to go. 
think about that. They were courageous. All went. They were very courageous in going. You know, they even went in there and took some of the produce so they could bring it back and show to the nation how large, the, I think a cluster of grapes was so large they had to carry it on a pole. That's how plentiful the land was. So they did a good job going in and spying out the land. But you know, the responsibility of this group of 12 was not just simply to spy out the land. They were chosen because God chose them to trust in Him. They chose Him to be faithful to Him. He charged them to be leaders. Gave them a great responsibility. But that's where most of the men in this group failed. Because you all know the story. Ten came back and gave a report of fear and doubt. Only two gave the challenging motion to move forward. Go in, we can take the land. Ten saw themselves as weak. But Joshua and Caleb said, we can do it. Said, we can take the land. They saw not only the land flowing with milk and honey, but they had faith that God and His omnipotent power could deliver them into that land, could, de- could chase out the sinful inhabitants of the land and give it to them. Friends, the problem is the others trusted in their own strength. They were trusting in their strength and not the power of God. God had promised them the land. Verse 5 said, And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight, so that you shall possess the land as the Lord your God had promised you. Do you think God will ever come up short in a promise that He has made to you? No. Because He is faithful. Because He is powerful. God will never come short. If there's any shortcoming, it is always on our side. On our part. We are not to trust in our own strength. When you are standing before whatever mountain is before you, whatever enemy is before you, whatever circumstance before you, what are you going to do? Pray. Pray. Are you going to doubt? Are you going to be fearful? Well, if you're going to rely on your own strength, you might be fearful. But we must rely on God's strength. God's power. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 22 through 25. Here we go, back to Corinthians. For the Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men than men. The weakness of God is stronger than any man or woman on this earth. When we stand for God, when we trust in Him, trust in His ways, which seem like foolishness to the world, we will face oppositions, friends. We will face persecution. You can expect it. But we need to be like Joshua and Caleb to trust in God, stand in faith, 
stand in His strength, not our own. Whenever they come back from spying out the land. Now this is, as I said, way before this farewell address. This is the first time they got close to the promised land. Whenever they come back and the ten spies gave the unfaithful report or the fearful report, Numbers 14, 6 through 9. It says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly, an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread, their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us, do not fear them. Joshua was speaking in faith. Their protection had departed from them, and God is with us. Friends, God is with you. Trust in Him. Stand on His promises. Don't doubt. You know, doubt and fear and lack of faith, friends, is rebellion against God. Let that sink in a minute. In our lives, doubt and fear, lack of faith, is rebellion against God. Please do not rebel against God. Especially when it's something He has promised. And He has promised us life. Amen? When God led His people out of Egypt, we know He parted the Red Sea. He gave them the Ten Commandments. God was willing then that they would have had a short trip into the Promised Land after leaving Egypt. But the people rebelled against God. They did not trust Him. And there were consequences. Because of their disbelief or unbelief, instead of entering right into that Promised Land, we all know what happened. Forty years... That's the consequences of rebellion. It may not be 40 years for us, but they experienced 40 years in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, everyone from 20 years of age and older passed away and did not enter into the promised land, except for Joshua and Caleb. In Numbers 14, 22 and 24, Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times, and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of them who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed, or, yeah, followed me faithfully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. And also Joshua went with them. Mary and Rush identifies tough issues that every Christian leader will face. In the magazine, The New Leader. <clears throat> Ponder these and listen to these. If you're going to be a leader in the church or a leader, you must be willing to stand alone. You must be willing to go against public opinion in order to promote what you believe. You must be willing to risk failure 
You must become master of your emotions. You must strive to remain above reproach. You must be willing to make decisions others do not want to make. You must be willing to say no at times, even when you'd like to say yes. You must sometimes be willing to sacrifice personal interests for the good of the group. You must never be content with average. You must always strive for the best. You must be more important. People must be more important to you than possessions. You will have to work harder to keep your life in balance than people who are not leaders. Wise words. Joshua had been with Moses throughout the entire wilderness experience. He was actually with him even before. And he faithfully served God and Moses, leading the Israelites in many battles, conquering many regions of Canaan. The Lord had finally given them rest from their enemies. The land had been distributed to the twelve tribes. But there were a few pockets of Canaanites left. That's why he's giving them this warning. There's still some that remain, some areas that were still unconquered. Joshua, knowing that his time on earth was coming to a close, well advanced in years, as he said, or well advanced in age, he wanted to give the people warning and encouragement. He reminds them from the day that they left Egypt that God Himself had fought for the people, that He is the one who delivered them from their enemies. And He's saying, God has not failed you yet. Not failed you yet. But the promise is not completely fulfilled. Joshua is challenging the people to be faithful to God. That's his challenge that day to the leaders. Be faithful to God. Continue to trust in Him. He warns them that if they are unfaithful to obey God, to obey His commandments, and to believe His promises, that there will be consequences. The challenge again was, therefore, be very courageous to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, unless you go among these nations, those who remain among you, you shall not make mention of their gods, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. My friends, God does not allow us or want us to be worshiping other gods and Him. But we are to worship Him and Him alone, the one true God. The warning, verses 12 and 13. Or else, if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, and make marriage with them, and go into them, and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive these nations out from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you, and scourges on your side, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Challenges and warnings. The most important thing was that Israel remained separate. Remain a separate people. Remember last week I talked about influence and how important... To, to, to be a good influence and not allow others to influence us. 
Joshua knew this. Joshua knew the power of influence. He knew that if the Jewish men began to marry the women from the Canaanites that were still living around them, he knew what would happen. He knew the influence that they would have in that household, that they would eventually begin to worship the false gods. Joshua knew this. Do not take them as your wives. You know, a wise and faithful parent, before they depart this earth, will give words of wisdom to their children or their grandchildren. Remember Jacob giving words of wisdom and blessing to Joseph's children. A faithful parent, a faithful servant, a faithful leader will leave wise departing words before they pass this earth, from this earth. Joshua's main concern was for the future of his people. That they would remain faithful to God continue to trust in Him. That they would keep God's Word, cleave to the Lord God, and love the Lord. That's His concern. And that should be every Christian leader's concern. That the church would be faithful to God, trust in Him, love Him with all their hearts. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, it says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. If you love God and keep His commandments, He will be faithful. He will keep covenant with you. And He repays those who hate Him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with Him who hates Him. He will repay Him to His face. My friends, we can add to that. Vengeance is His, not ours. Our job is to love Him. Point others to Him. Leave the rest up to Him. If they need repaid for their evil, let Him take care of it, not us. Let's just love Him. In Joshua, this to me is one of the greatest challenges in the Bible. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him in the, in the sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what we should be saying. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Faithful leaders will say, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house. What an example of leadership. We will serve the Lord. We don't need leaders in the church that are politically correct. Think about Joshua's challenge. Don't have nothing to do with those people. They're evil, they're wicked. Don't take their wives. Or don't take their women as wives. My friends, that is not political, politically correct today. We need to be all inclusive and accept everybody. We need to be separate. You know, Joshua was drawing a line there. He drew a line. You're either on one side of the line or the other. You're either for God or you're against Him. We cannot be in the middle. We can't jump back and forth. We must love God, 
serve Him and only Him and be faithful to Him. And we need leaders that will speak that truth and call sin by its right name. That's the kind of leaders that God needs today. Leaders willing to take that stand and call truth what it is and call the lie what it is. Be faithful to obey His commandments and walk in His ways and trust in Him. And He will be faithful to you. Amen?